Okay, so this we might be live on some social media platforms. Colton, thank you for being on the Ride Boundless podcast. How are you doing today? Hey, Robert. Thanks for having me. Doing great. Excited awesome, for spring. Man. Oh, man. You're in Denver, right? Yeah, in Denver, and it's uh, heating up and beautiful sunny day. How's how's the uh, weather's been good now? It's been sunny? Yeah, it's been sunny last couple of days. Yeah, I'm sorry I missed you last week. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Um, and I was hoping to come out to L.A. this week, but uh, the, I'm doing an event out there, uh, and we're going to do it ne next week. So, Awesome. Let me get into some facts about you, you know, for my listeners, uh, so we know who we're, we're, we're talking about and what we can look forward to this episode. Uh, so fact number one, uh, you're a senior interactive producer at Google. That's Is that right. correct? Mm -hmm. Awesome. How, what, what, what does that entail? Yeah, so basically I project manage uh, the uh, – are you still there? Yeah, I'm just going to be switching oh, okay. back and forth. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I got it. Uh, yeah, so I'm a project manager for uh, launching new hardware products under Pixel and Nest. Um, so basically that is taking uh, the new hardware, like uh, we have Pixel phones, right, or Nest, uh, like home, smart home devices, and those are being developed by our you know, industrial design team. Um, and they get passed over to my team when it's like heading out to then get launched uh, to the world. And so I manage it from the design phase uh, and also like, you know, doing the photo shoots, those kind of things and building out the web pages. And then we transition to actually like managing the web dev side of things uh, to get Google Store ready for uh, for the launch. And then, you know, we usually kind of tie things up around this, a time of big launch moments like uh, Google I.O., which is in uh, a month ish now. Um, and yeah, what, what's, and, what, what's the Google I.O.? Yeah, Google I.O. is our big spring hardware launch event. So it's like Sundar is the CEO will go out and on the stage there in Mountain View and get everybody excited about the new products that are coming uh, in the fall or, or just being launched right then. That's awesome. I did get an email recently from Google about their new AI that they're going to launch. Mm -hmm. call, it's yeah. called like Bradley or something. Yeah, Bard. 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 Yeah. I don't know what's going on with these AI namings, but they're pretty bad. <laughs> for the most part I feel bad like and negative or bad as a badass like i don't know just like the names are, are weird there's been just a bunch of funny like you know not like the the technology is amazing but yeah. the, the names are kind of funny i don't know what they were like barred i don't really get it but i th i think not to get too stuck on this too much but i think part of that would be um they're just trying to name it something that's not normally named you know yeah. like like there's so many names that have been used over and over so that's why you have like bigsby on samson and siri and i mean amazon didn't even try they just said alexa that's yeah <laughs> that's you know, terrible okay so we got uh okay so we got that uh you are the author of what the fuck is next which you wrote with your dad yeah right? that's right uh which we're going to get into uh, you have experience in production, music promotions, digital growth, and video content production, right? Mm -hmm. Now, is yep. that something you do privately, separately, or is that something also along with the Google? Yeah, so my career has been in advertising, marketing, um, so it's been a bit of doing that, you know, professionally and also on the side kind of thing. Um, and yeah, now I'm working on a, on a side project um, that is like indie sci-fi short film. Um, that is in this kind of new area of interactive narrative. So it's kind of like watching a TV show and then like playing a video game at the same time. So you watch nice. like a short piece of content and then you have to fi figure out and solve that like piece. And there'll be clues inside of like the actual episode itself. 
That's that's amazing. That's that's really cool. Um, you're a passionate traveler and uh, a, a digital nomad for eight years. Uh, mm-hmm. You've been to your snowboarder. Um, your book on what the fuck is next is a personal development guide for those who are feeling lost, which I think is a it's it's a huge topic. Um, your book provides frameworks for creating a vision for the future of taking actionable steps towards achieving it, which I want to know how you do that and what, what are your recommendations for? Mm-hmm. And what other fact do we have here before we get into questions? Uh, trying new things and taking risks, even if they're, even if they don't always work out as planned. So you're a risk taker and mm-hmm. you don't mind repeating that, taking those risks over and over. So let's get into sure. our first question. Can you tell me more about the process you and your dad, uh, your dad created for figuring out what the fuck is next and how it differs from other personal development frameworks out there? And also, I want to add, uh, what the fuck is next? I love the name. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was there any moment where you're like, fuck, maybe I shouldn't name it. What the fuck is next? <laughs> because people are going to be offended or it's like who gives a fuck like what the fuck is next yeah exactly um i always knew that that was the title um but my dad took some convincing for sure there's actually like a a thing at the end is like his kind of acknowledgement about us picking that in the title um and there is one it just was you know it's a perfect embodiment of what we were looking to create and how we were looking to repackage uh you know the process that he's been using for 30 years then also there's you know serious psychological evidence that says when you drop an f-bomb it really actually like increases your awareness and your presence in that moment right it works that's why you know you say what the fuck yeah and so it it, it has that it hits a bit harder and that's the whole point of you know what we're trying to do here is hit hard and get people to figure out what the fuck is next um so yeah i can give you a little overview and uh once i'm uh, done explaining that i'd love to hear you know what the fuck is next for you robert um and you yeah. know, how you're thinking about it um but anyways the process itself was developed by my dad over about 30 years of professional development and personal coaching work. Uh, Basically, he was a life coach uh, before that was like a real thing. They didn't used to call him life coaches in the 80s, though. They called him professional development. Um, And uh, he then developed the process uh, and published about seven years ago. Um, It was called The Field Guide for What's Next. Um, and he did so, and it was, you know, very researched and solid process, but he did it kind of in the most like PhD dad way possible. Um, where it was like a bit more of just like a, you know, internal kind of research tool, um, and wasn't like super easy to read or utilize. Um, but I myself used the process when he published it and, uh, I did the process and about two years later, I was looking back into the process. It's a workbook you actually fill out. Um, and I saw that my number one intention for what was basically next for me was to travel the world and learn how to surf. And while I was reading that, I had just come back from a two-year trip around the world and I learned how to surf. So I was like, I got chills on my body. I'm like, holy shit, like, how did that happen? Okay, Crazy. wow, there's something to this, dad. All right, like, let's go. Um, and then the uh, I used the process again and I was like looking at this next phase after coming back from traveling to like 18 countries and being gone on the road, uh, being a digital nomad. And I my set my intention and I utilized the process again to identify that I really wanted to work at Google as like kind of the next most important step in my career. I knew I kind of wanted that pedigree and to kind of live and see what that world is like at the highest level of tech and and marketing. Uh, And I've now been working for Google uh, in various capacities for four years. So it's worked really good for me. Yeah, exactly. Um, So it was about two years ago. Um, 
and we were like fly fishing, hanging out. And we had been talking about potentially like working on it together um, and redoing it and just kind of hit me. I was like, let's call it what the fuck is next. Like, that's what it needs to be. That's like perfect. Um, and that's now using that as kind of a driving force for the creative direction and everything. Um, you know, we've landed on this uh, workbook that starts out with our analysis of how we get distracted in a modern society from what we really want. Um, you know, there's things like what we want is too hard to get or, uh, you know, I'll be happy when I get there, that kind of thing. Um, and so we start there, then we give his background of uh, growing up in Ohio, getting kicked out of the house, kind of going through some like tough uh, childhood issues, and then really utilizing an intentional path to get things uh, on the right path and move to Colorado, met my mom and has now lived like an amazing life, becoming an outdoorsman and building his own successful real estate company over the last 40 years. Um, and then it switches to my, yeah, yeah. And then it switches to my story, you know, what it's like to have an intentional father, how I've used this process myself for various, you know, things that have helped me really build out the life that I want. Um, and then we start, we set up the science. There's a bunch of specific scientific studies that go into why this process works. And then we start to set up people uh, physically and mentally to take on the, the process, which is you first answer 21 questions in the book. The questions themselves are based in appreciative inquiry. So that is instead of asking what you don't have and like why you haven't gotten it, you start with what do you do have? What have you been successful with already? And that is such a stronger foundation for one, identifying things that you've already been successful at that you can be successful at again. And then utilizing that to kind of focus in on then one area of your life that we then help you decide. We call that a big rock. So there's like, you know, maybe it's finding a life partner, maybe it's traveling the world, maybe it's increasing your salary, whatever it is. Um, and that then... Uh, you use that, you focus and the answers to the questions to then fill out a workbook that helps you with a, a game plan for 30, 60 days that will get you started towards making progress to that what's next. That, that's beautiful. Uh, have you guys considered launching an app as well? Yeah, definitely. Or, 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 or is there like a research? I mean, well, you've answered the question, but I was also going to add, or have you guys done like a research that writing it? Because there's always that writing, it's more powerful, you know, uh, than, than, you know, digital or putting in your notes or something. Totally. Yeah. That's the last point of the science. Um, you know, since we were cave people, we've been expressing ourselves with our hands on the walls of the cave or, you know, in the sand or whatever. And that has such a legacy primal element to it. Um, and it's proven that when you write something down, you will retain the knowledge more. It'll be more impactful. And you can just, you know, you know how it is. If you're typing a new Roman on your on your computer, like you forget everything, right? Like you're, you're just doing it. You're expressing the thought and that's very successful and, and effective. But if you then, you know, write a, a, a note to somebody or like a letter or a, or a card, like you can think back and like remember exactly what you wrote. And you can even sometimes remember like what it smelled like in the room or like what you did later that day. So super important part. And I really like that, that element. Um, we do have a, an audio book um, that then walks you through the explanation of how to do the workbook on your own, but definitely the book itself is like really well designed to make it really easy and fluid to fill it out. That, that's, that's so amazing. That's so amazing. So this is, this has been a work in progress. Like you said, 40 years, practically 30, yeah. 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. For, for him. Yeah. But now it'd probably be like 35. Yeah. Um, how do you balance building the life you want with not sacrificing your career, especially in a world where many jobs require to be uh, in specific locations? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm really liking this idea of work style or this like naming of work style. 
Uh, so it definitely involves some initial intention and design. Um, for me, I work in digital marketing, advertising, um, and have done that for a long time. So that's an industry and a profession that allows for serious flexibility. Um, and I, you know, definitely considered that when I like moved from, I was working in the office, working in advertising, um, and having to pull and grind for like 60 hours a week when I got out of uh, college. But, uh, then I took on the, the digital marketing role and I was like, wow, like this is a really great area because I can be in India and I can just like get anything done as long as things are getting done. Yeah, sure. I might be on a call at four in the morning, but I'm going to South Korea tomorrow. And that's like, heck yeah, I'm so down. Um, so that's, you know, that's the initial thing, um, for when it comes to balancing like travel and big career stuff, um, I've definitely transitioned a bit to a model of work season or travel season. Um, so like right now I'm, I'm in a big work season, basically like the beginning of the year, I'm staying put in, in Denver for the most part, I'll be like Denver, LA. Um, but, uh, staying here, focusing, you know, really setting an intention to just work and get it done. And then after June transitions to a, a travel season. So I'm going to reduce some of my, you know, uh, kind of overall like business goal setting kind of things. And I'm transitioning that into like, I'm going to be in Mexico city for a month. I'm going to be going down to Peru, kind of like working my way down South America. Um, and just, you know, instead of just experiencing being a lot, you know, being able to travel culture, surfing, hanging out, um, and then recharging for then the next like six month work season. So that's been like a really big one. That's a little different of how I used to do it. I used to just travel all the time and bounce from one place to another, but I'm liking this for getting it's, more high level things done. Yeah, that, that, that's amazing. Do you, do you realize how, how blessed you are and do you, have you ever compared or has your father ever compared of how it was when he was growing up versus how you grow up and confirmed Mm -hmm. uh these opportunities or is it just like 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 are you super appreciative of these opportunities or is it you know what this exists and i'm very you're you appreciate it but at the same time it's like well i don't know why not everybody's not doing this like is it a Dude. casual feeling or is it a or is it a fucking amazing feeling it's a fucking amazing feeling it is inc I'm incredibly privileged to, you know, have grown up in the way that I did with an intentional father in the way that, you know, that they were able to to invest time into me and to, you know, always kind of push for like, you can do whatever you want and like, you should go and do it, but like, it takes work and, you know, be intentional and always like recheck in on what it is that you want in life. So yeah, no, definitely a fuck yeah. This uh, reality is so beautiful. It's so fun and being alive is amazing. Uh, I'd love to, you know, utilize tools to just get the most out of this. That, that 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 that's awesome man that's awesome um let's see what has been the most imp imp impactful lesson you've learned from traveling to 16 different countries and and how did you choose those 16 countries and how has it shaped your approach uh to goal setting yeah um you know the biggest thing is generally uh is the amazing anecdotes about how big and different the world is and how different people live their lives in different countries and just how vast and beautiful like every, you know that the world is um just like for example like being in china um they don't what part of china by the way i was in chengdu uh mainly um for uh three weeks over chinese new year which was great um but uh yeah just like one anecdote to kind of how i did it i was with my ex-partner at the time my ex-girlfriend um 
we house that. So we would uh, apply to people online. There's a couple websites. One's called trustedhousesitters.com. I think that's the best one. Um, and we would apply online and they would basically be people that are looking to go back home, usually like expats. And they had a place in, you know, foreign country with usually with pets as well. And so they'd be like, you know, if you guys come and look after our place, then you can stay here for free um, and like use our vehicles potentially sometimes like a motorcycle or something. Um, and then you just really kind of like drop into living in, in their, uh, in their world and being like an actual, like local. It's wild. Um, yeah. So we did a three, three week house sit in Chengdu, which is like super central, central China. It's in the Sichuan province where they literally put Sichuan pepper in everything. Um, and, uh, we were there, we we're watching two pit bulls, which was cool. Um, and just China, just like without being in China, it's hard to understand, but actually the Chinese experience for me and the way that they behave was honestly reminded me a lot of Americans. It was like this most yeah. similar to Americans because of their national pride and their like insular nature of being like, when you're in China, they're like, we're China, we're the best. Like, you know, China, fuck yeah. We're like in America, we're like America, fuck yeah. Like, no, we're the best. We're like everything matter. Like the world revolves around us. And so like to just have that totally flipped and they're like, no, it's all about China. And that's like why they, you know, they block Google and they block Facebook and stuff like that. And you're like, you don't really understand. You're like, that's crazy for them to do that there. But like when the tables are turned, like we're doing the same thing, right? We're like, we don't trust China. We're not going to like with the whole TikTok thing. And it was just like, you know, these kind of epiphanies of just like being there. And like, definitely, I don't, you know, agree with their, their censorship and their like totally crazy totalitarian government stuff. But I like you get like why they have that national pride and they're like have the defensibility kind of thing that they have. And it's just interesting to kind of, you know, realize those things. And you don't get that without going and being there. Um, so that's yeah. When, when I was in China, I just want to add to that. When yeah. I was in China, uh, I, I was in Guangzhou, Shenzhen and cool. I went to Macau and Hong Kong. Um, the first thing that, that I realized was um, it's funny how we have these opinions about other countries. You know, mm -hmm. like when you travel, it's like, oh, don't go there. Don't go here. Don't do this. Like when we went to Dubai for the first time, my wife was like completely covered up because that mm -hmm. they cut heads and it's totally. scary. And when we got there, that's not the case. Yeah, at all. No, like, actually, everybody's having fun. They don't care. It's, a, it's an amazing place. But in China, the first thing that I, I picked up was Chinese people are really good drivers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in China, yeah, they're really good drivers. Yeah, and I was like, what a fucking difference from China being great yeah. drivers to in the U.S. not being as good drivers. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought it, it really got to me, so I started thinking about what's going on. And I even mm -hmm. asked, you know, a few people. And you know what the conclusion was? We have so many rules in America of, you know, don't park here from this time to that time, towing from this time to that time, yellow, you have to slow down, but red, you mm -hmm. have to stop, green, you better watch out. This is a yield between, like, there's so many fucking rules. Yeah. And if you fuck up any of them, guess what? You're getting a $500 fine. Yeah. You're getting points on your ticket. Your insurance is going to go up. And it's so, the consequences are so devastating that you have no other option that if you don't feel comfortable, like, you know, what's next? Is there a camera? Am I going to be pulled over? Is the cop? Mm -hmm. Why is it got like, like it's very, it's very nerve wracking. So I, mm -hmm. I, I thought that was one, they, they drive pretty good. Yeah. Two, uh, it's, it's, it's nothing like, you know, what we see or what they say, you know, the China is, they're not walking around like, you know, like we hate America. They, they don't even care. 
They don't even, yeah. they don't even think about us. They don't even think about us. Exactly. Yeah. And there's like, and it's, it's totally capitalistic too. Like, you know, there's like Gucci stores like everywhere. I'm like, what is, how is Rolex, there so many Gucci? Yeah, Gucci. exactly. Pizza I was Hut. in Hong Kong. There was like five Rolex stores back yeah. to back. Apple stores everywhere. I, I was know. Like, oh my God. They don't care. Yeah. They don't, they don't even think about us the same way we don't think about them. Yeah. Um, you know, they anyway, like that's just, but continue. Yeah, totally. Uh, you know, other things just like in South Korea, uh going to like uh going out like south korean people would come up and be like because it's like pretty clearly american they'd be like oh my god like thank you so much like you have no idea like how much we appreciate you and that's because you know we have a presence of i think thirty thousand troops there on the holding down the north korean south korean border right and so just like they love americans so much and it's just like that's something you just like never realize like the geopolitics of how this is going on and how america is like involved and just to really feel it and like have that kind of realization is just fascinating and you just have to travel to kind of get those opportunities and, and realize them in in reality no that, that that those are all amazing points and, and recommendations of why people should travel and and, and learn about other cultures etc uh how has this shaped your approach on on goal setting like what have you picked up what have you yeah. learned by being in these countries mm-hmm yeah um you know i'd say the approach with goal setting is um set high expectations but hold them loosely um that's like just a general i think good approach to life but when it comes to traveling like it's extra important you know you think you're going to some beautiful paradise in the philippines uh but then you end up getting you know uh situated next to like a, a butcher place right and it's like oh shit like this is and we have this great intention to be like on the beach and do this thing, but sometimes it doesn't always work out that way. Um, I think travel can be a really good uh, mechanic for forcing you to just be more just appreciative of like how it goes and go with the flow. So that's generally like, even if it's, you know, if, you, if your intention is a trip, then that's great. But if your intention is to like, you know, get a new career, like set a strong intention, but hold it loosely and kind of trust the process. I like it. I dig it. Uh, you mentioned that you would try anything twice. Can you share a specific experience where you tried something for a second time and ended up changing your perspective on it? Um, yeah. Uh, one of them was uh, live squid in South Korea, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> where they like where it moves and they pour the stuff yeah. on it. Yeah, oh it moves. It moves. Um, the first what time they put on it, like a vinegar or something. Yeah. It's like, it's a, it's like sriracha and like rice vinegar, I think is, is it? Um, yeah. First time, uh, wasn't a fan, um, of it at all. And I think it was just like, you know, generally like the place that we went to was just like, not, not great. And then we tried it again. Cause it was like, you know, let's give this another shot. Like it was, I was with a friend that lives in, in Seoul. Um, and he was like, we gotta make this work. So he like, we took it to, to another spot and. Uh, yeah, it's it's actually really great, really unique. Uh, I re would recommend giving it a go, especially if you're in South Korea. Especially um, if you're in South Korea, yeah. Yeah. Another thing, um, this is more less silly, I guess, um, is uh, meditation and mindfulness. So uh, my mom actually is uh, practicing like Buddhist mindfulness person ever since I've been around. Um, and so I grew up kind of around that. And you know how it goes. Lucky with, like, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, you know, it goes like with, even though your parents are like super cool and probably like doing the right thing as a kid, you're like, that's not into that. Like my parents are, are lame. Um, so anyways, I, I tried 
to meditate with her and I did and it was always very difficult for me right like I was always like it's just it is difficult it's one of the hardest things to do is to just sit there and you know but watch your breath so um, I kind of like never really found it um, authentic to me um, but then I started doing breath work uh, in the last like over the last like six years and that has been a new amazing path to mindfulness just standalone um, and now I do practice uh, you know, mindfulness, just sitting, watching my breath, uh, and just basically, you know, I took another shot at it, but sometimes it's kind of, you need another, uh, you know, helping hand to kind of guide you back to something that, you know, is going to be really good for you. Um, so yeah, initially wasn't a meditator now, huge meditator. That, that's amazing. I, I, I haven't gotten to that point of, mm -hmm. uh, of meditation. My wife loves meditating. Um, it, it, it definitely takes some discipline, uh, but it's, it's, I believe it's it's super necessary. Yeah. I, I just need to, you know, the problem is, is our minds drive us crazy and our minds fill us with doubts and excuses. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just sometimes getting things done is, you know, a challenge and meditating. What people don't understand is meditating will help you uh, get things done. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I want to share my experience real quick on mm -hmm. trying something for a second time. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting how it changed totally. my perspective. Uh, the first time I went skydiving, first time I went skydiving, I was with a good friend of mine. Uh, we were, we, we met these girls, you know, this was years ago. Mm -hmm. We met these girls in San Francisco and then the girls like, we're going skydiving. And we're like, all right, we're going skydiving with you. So we went from San Francisco to Santa Cruz and then we partied on the beach nice. and then we made it to Monterey County and then we got to Monterey and it's early in the morning. We're eating breakfast and we're going to go skydiving. And uh, we went skydiving and it was, it was an amazing experience. Like, holy, this is the greatest thing in the whole world, mm -hmm. right? Well, the second time we went skydiving, I'm like, pop, because I'm like, this is great. Yeah. But what was interesting is, is the moment the plane takes off and we're going up in the air, my mind starts thinking, what the fuck am I doing? I did this already. <laughs> like, it, 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 I did this. I know what to expect. This is yeah. dangerous. And it's like, <laughs> It's like the second time was scarier than the first yeah. time. Because like the first time was like, you don't know what to expect and you don't care about it. But the second time, it's like, you know what's going to happen. You know yeah. what could go wrong. You know the consequences. And, and you overthink it. And, and it, it's very interesting. And that's where a third time was necessary. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, and now I'm like more relaxed and, and breathing. But that second time, like, like it was an eye opener. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's so funny how, yeah, like you had maybe buried the uh, anxiety that first time because it was so fresh and new and you didn't know what you were really doing. And it was just like you rolled with it. And then yeah, the second time your mind's like, no, we know what's up here. And like, I'm going to need to be scared yeah. for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, because the first time you, you can't really imagine everything taking its steps. Okay, a plane's going to go up. They're going to open a door yeah. and they're going to push us out. And we're going to fly. Like you can't. You can't completely, unless if you focus on the whole thing, yeah. then you can. But the second time, you're like, wait, they're going to open the door. Why the? Yeah. And totally. it was like, that, that was hilarious. Yeah. I've actually uh, only been skydiving one time, and my experience was similar. I think I was like, I was like grayed out, like, you know, in my mental capacity going up on the plane. Like, I don't really even remember. I was like, so like scared, kind of, but like, just was like, I'm just doing this and going through the motions. And so it was fine. But like, I'm sure, yeah, yeah. if I go again, and I will. Uh, I would have a similar, maybe more scared experience this time. So wow, you got to try everything three times. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the first time you're doing it, 
because you've never done it. Mm-hmm. The second time you're kind of evaluating and you're you're confirming or reconfirming what I mean, this is not a rule. I'm kind of just you know throwing this oh. at you with my with that with this experience. But the second time is a reconfirmation of the first time and and mm-hmm. now you're looking at what now 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 you're more curious. Then first mm-hmm. you want to be adventurous. The second time you're more curious and then the third time you're you're kind of confirming everything mm-hmm. you, you can kind of like schedule it properly yeah yeah i think that's very yeah very fair that makes a lot of sense the third time you're like okay now i'm in it now i can like authentically decide like is this am i yeah. going to keep doing this now you're going to start strategizing yeah. you know now now the third time it's like all right i got this mm-hmm. uh what advice would you give someone who is feeling stuck in their current situation and unsh- and unsure of what's next uh, what next step they should be taking Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think the biggest one or the biggest easiest thing uh, to do to try and get yourself unstuck from figuring out what is next um, is that you really maybe need to dra- dive deeper into the essence of what it is that you really want and not necessarily pay so much attention to like the more obvious upfront things. Um, an example of that is let's say that you um, have an intention to buy a new sports car or a new motorcycle. Um, and you also have an intention to work less um, and spend more time with your loved ones. Now, unless at first on paper, those two things seem like they would be impossible without somehow breaking the laws of physics. But if you dive deeper into what it is that you really want, which is probably just the freedom and the feeling of the throttle, you know, between your legs or in the wheel in your hands, the hair, you know, the wind blowing through your hair, And then you also maybe dive deeper into the fact that maybe it's not that you want to work less, but it's just that you want to have more time with your loved ones or your partner or whatever. Um, And that just might require you to talk and have some more flexibility with your work. Um, And so instead of, you know, trying to max out your credit card to go buy this new motorcycle or something, how about instead you just go and you rent a uh, sports car or motorcycle for the long weekend and you talk to your boss authentically about how you want some more flexibility to work from the road um, and then you will find yourself for much easier and more attainably with the wind in your hair and you know your partner on the back of your motorcycle driving down the PCH and you're actually experiencing what it is that you really want but you didn't necessarily have to go down the paths that you were like that were seemingly impossible so you get there you might have to take a stop along the PCH highway and take a quick call with your boss but at least I think you know you get the point yeah of course of course um are you going to be working on any other new books uh do you, how when did you launch your book and mm-hmm. and are you planning are we expecting to see newer books soon um no so uh we did we launched the book uh in january um you know right around the beginning of this year um and you know we're really just loving having conversations about this one um you know it is the way that we designed it is it that it is very concise compared to other processes um, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with Artist Way or some other kind of processes that take, you know, kind of months of your time. Um, those are great and they can be really impactful. But I think in now specifically, like we needed a tool that's a lot more concise and utilizes the least amount of time to have the maximum output. So, um, you know, generally just talking to people about the book and, and walking through them, doing book clubs, that kind of thing, and just really focusing on this for this year. Um, and yeah, we're having such a, you know, a great response and um, you know, I just love talking about it and doing this process as it is um, by itself. 
That's awesome. Uh, talking about uh, uh, roughly when we first started the conversation mm -hmm. about how you took these steps and then you were doing the things that you were doing, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, that that's very uh, law of attraction. Mm -hmm. And yeah. the first time I did that was years ago where I had a general manager and uh, he pulled us in. I worked for a TV station, a marketing company, mm -hmm. and he pulled us into the office and he says, hey, by the end of the week, you have to give me your goals. You have to give me your, your 12 month goals. Mm -hmm. uh, otherwise, you're fired. Like straight out. Wow. I want your goals or otherwise you're fired. Um, anyway, so everybody turned it in. I'm talking about like 70 employees or something mm -hmm. like that. We all did it. He just grabbed it, put it in an envelope. That's it. Wrote our name on it. Done. And it was amazing because hmm. 12 months later, he called us into the office. And he's like, here's your letter. He never even looked at it. Yeah. At least I don't know if he did. And just to open this up yeah. and to see how many things were hit was like, wow yeah exactly and i i know this i know mm -hmm. this but you know i fight it i fight mm -hmm. it i i i'm like i don't have time for this or i don't need to i i, I know where i'm going i know mm -hmm. what i'm driving towards i know what i'm focusing on i don't need to write that but i know the power of it yeah you know? yeah it really changes it when you put it out into the universe in that you know written form uh it just what you, you know, vision boards as well um, yeah, I mean, I do a whiteboard for sure. Yeah. And, you know, kind of like every, every month or so I will rewrite the whiteboard and it has more like, you know, inspirational things or kind of like more like time blocking things or just general intentions about like life and wellness and, and work. Um, but yeah, the, you know, the scientific element of that part and that process of, uh, the law of attraction, um, and setting intentions is that our, minds and our neural networks are designed to create or to look for patterns right that's like the the baseline uh really amazing skill set that we have as humans um and so when you put a intention on paper what you're doing is you're activating your subconscious to look for patterns around that specific thing and if you don't do that and you don't like put it out into the universe and you apply it to your subconscious then you're just going to be running it like half your potential so that's what's like magically really powerful about that one step of writing it down or putting it on a mirror or something like that and actually expressing it it's just going to really lock it into your mind and then even if you don't do anything with that for months you will have such a stronger success rate on those like specific areas than if you wouldn't have done it that's so true mm -hmm. um i had two thoughts right now that i wanted to share with you um and i just drew a blank because that was such a good point why do you think I, I got it why do you think um writing it down you know pen or pencil on paper or whiteboard or a visual board why do you think it's so more effective doing it that way versus if you just put it in your notes or mm -hmm. your app or you just kind of do it on your computer? Yeah. What's your thought uh, on that? Yeah, just, you know, the physical tactile element is huge. Um, and then also there's like another one, which is if you write it down and a thing that we highly recommend, you know, is is sharing it with other people. So, you know, it's even like when somebody sees my... Take care of that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, just, you know, the, the physical element, writing it down is, has a stronger neural locked in style of memory and of making it just a more profound kind of thought that you have. Um, so yeah, that's just, you know, proven through being, uh, through writing and through our, you know, process of evolution. 
Um, but yeah, then also the, you know, if you write it down and you then set a time to, to necessarily share it with somebody else, then that like makes it so much more real, right? Have a, have an, uh, accountability kind of thing, uh, you know, really, really changes it or not even that just literally expressing it out loud can have equally, uh, powerful, uh, aspects. That, that's interesting that you say that I, I had a guest, uh, a few months ago, very successful. He's like the number three most successful Hispanic actor in, in the world right now. Mm. And he was talking about confirmation and, and saying things out loud and, you know, mm -hmm. say your goals and let the world know, like, I'm going to fucking win this Grammy. I'm mm -hmm. going to win this award. I'm going to make the best show. I'm going to make yeah. the best movie. Say it out loud. And it's interesting because I, I've kind of been guided to not say anything because mm -hmm. people people hate people will be like mm, no yeah, like you know they'll wish bad thoughts on you or they'll be like you can't do it behind your back you know so so it's interesting that you're confirming to say it out loud my last question mm -hmm. for you would be um what about what about uh and this is just a kind of a it's not a curveball but because you're into mindfulness and spiritual and planning and you know law of attraction uh, what's your nutrition like? Yeah. You... Yeah. So, uh, I have now started my day with athletic greens. Definitely a big fan. I don't know if you're on that. Obviously the, uh, seems to be the kind of major trend for lots of people that are interested in, in that kind athletic of greens? physical wellness performance. Yeah. Um, yep. And then, um, I'm a big faster, so I love to fast kind of deep into the day. Um, I will go with then a, uh, a protein shake with uh, mushroom adaptogens, collagen, um, and uh, like a, a blend of other kind of vitamins, et cetera. And then I'll fast yeah. pretty deep, and I, I like that heavy protein diet. Um, and then I'll have like one super nutrient-rich uh, like grain. Uh, I love to do bone broth quinoa um, with like a kale salad and some like level of protein um, and just have like a huge carbo load at night. Um, and like to keep that regiment like pretty much, you know, five, six days a week. And then I'll go out and, you know, just have a, have a cheat day, but loving that, you know, just simple food, uh, kind of, kind of for fuel during the day. And then just totally just going with like this really elaborate, just like throw it all in there get the, the, uh, marinated beets in there, get the asparagus in there. Um, Good for and, you. you know, some, some heavy protein and try and just eat a bunch of lots of protein i'm i figured out you know for me it's all about low carb shitloads of protein and then i feel yeah. the best and, and have the best like muscle development kind of thing and yeah and then i'm a, like a three-day uh weightlifting uh and then every other day doing some sort of cardio whether it's yoga going on a run um or going on a hike or going snowboarding or going motorcycle yeah. riding that is awesome what are you riding yeah, so I don't have a bike right now, but I, when I was living in California in Santa Cruz, actually, I had a 1985 Honda Nighthawk uh, 450, nice. so nothing crazy. Um, but, I, you know, my my, cool my first bike, my first bike was a Nighthawk when I lived in Santa nice. Cruz. Nice. No way. I, I lived, yeah, I swear to God. Sick. I swear to God. I, I, was, I was living in Santa Cruz at the time, and uh, I, I went, I had a friend of mine in San Francisco, and they had a Nighthawk. It was like an 85 or 86 cool. or something like that rusted as fuck and i picked it up i was young back then and uh i towed it back to santa cruz and started working on it and then i would Sick. ride it i was working in monterey and yeah cool. of the central coast love that area yeah totally I did you go to santa ucsc cruz. no i went to university of colorado but then i moved uh after traveling for those two years um with my ex-girlfriend at the time and she got a job at giro which is like up there in the mountains and i was yeah, yeah. able to work remote so yeah i moved out there lived on pleasure point for like four years 
um, nice. and had the motorcycle. Oh man, motorcycle riding through the Santa Cruz Mountains. Come it's on, cold oh, come on, man. The smoke, the fog, the fog, the trees. Oh, it's so beautiful. I, I can't yeah, wait I to am. get back out there um, and do some of that. Yeah, I actually used to take the seven, Highway 17 on my yeah, night hall. San Jose. Yeah, to Mountain View. Um, and that was always interesting because it doesn't, it didn't have a whole That's lot of juice. Nice. So, but, uh, yeah, it's super fun. And yeah, one of my favorite things I was really excited, you know, to get on the show is because one of my favorite things in the world is driving a motorcycle in a foreign country. Just nothing. Right. It. You know what I mean? Just, I've done, uh, I've done that in the Philippines, Sri Lanka, India, Costa Rica. Um, it's, it's nothing like it. Nothing like that level of freedom cold and that's badass man Let, let's stay in touch uh, i'll be honest i haven't checked out the book yet but after this conversation i'm super pumped about it so i'm going to download it or buy it right now uh what's your cool. website what's your contact information how can people find you can you hear yep me? totally so uh the book is available at the f is next.com easiest way probably uh yeah i can hear you okay sir. Yeah, cool. So cool. that's a, um, yeah. what's the website? Instagram, yep. uh, email. Yep, yep, yep. So the site is thefisnext.com. Um, and it's also just available on Amazon. So if you just search what the fuck is next, um, should pop up for you in your Amazon. Um, and then I'm just the Colt on Instagram, uh, you know, T H E C O L T. Um, and yeah, the, the website's the best place to reach out. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, before we wrap up, Robert, I'd love to hear, um, what is your what's next? And is there anything you're doing to, uh, you know, make that happen this year? Yeah, what's next is uh, I got a few things. This is going to be episode 111. I'm trying to get to 200 episodes by the end of the year. Uh, right now, the podcast is top 5% most shared podcast cool. uh, on Spotify, which is very exciting. So I want to get that even higher. Uh, the next thing is, uh, nice. I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I am I am in the process of buying a sports bike, and I want to start motorcycle racing, um, as well as I want to pick up a sprinter van and do podcasts on cool. the track while racing. So, uh, and then focus on on my kids. You know, oh, focus dope. on my kids. Yeah, I just got my little four year old into soccer. He just turned four January, and his first week was last Saturday, and. He fucking loves it. You know, the score was 4-1, and he made all four goals, and he's killing it. And the feedback, everybody's really excited. So it, it's it's my children, my podcast, uh, and, and the motorcycle race is going to be the, the biggest thing. Well, my son's soccer is going to be the biggest thing, but the motorcycle thing is going to be awesome. You know? So that that's kind of where I'm at. No. Hey, can you hear me? We lost. Yeah, it looks like it froze up for a second. Okay. Yep. But sick, man. I love that idea of the, the Sprinter Van podcast studio out on the track. That's dope. Well, the imagine it's the ride boundless podcast riding boundless. Like so boundless. <laughs> Got it. You know? So and then with all the craziness in LA, I wouldn't mind having out having a, a, a bug out van, you know? Totally. So so anyways, that, that's that's what I'm working on. Uh, the only thing I'm contemplating on, do I sacrifice a few motorcycles to make this yeah. happen? What well, you were talking about with the example, do I drown myself in a, in a little bit more debt or do I get myself out of debt and purchase? 
it, it'd be kind of like a wash. You know, do I take mm-hmm. a bunch of bikes and trade it for a bike and a van? Or do I pick up a little bit of debt and just, you know, fuck it, rock it, rock with it? So, and that also depends on how kick-ass I want the van to be. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. For, yeah, for me, you know, life is a, is a series of phases. So uh, I like to kind of re recoalesce potentially like funds and resources and invest them into the next thing as opposed to holding on to you know too much uh so that i can finally you know like actually get the thing that i want and yes it'll be less full so you don't have every bike but um you know that that new journey that new opportunity with the van seems like so fruitful for many more bikes to go if you're willing to take the take the hit initially i think it's the move yeah no no 100 percent. i i do have what you're saying makes a hundred percent sense and then and then you can't go wrong with that mm-hmm. you know um but i do have this one little drive of if i want something the answer is make more money mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like that that's that's what it is it's just like oh i want some more to- toys well guess what let me work a little harder and make mm-hmm. more money you know, because making more money, it seems like it 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 makes things easier. It's mm-hmm. not the answer to everything, and it depends on the life. But like, you know, if you're living in LA and then paying the expenses of living in LA, you have no other choice but to make more money mm-hmm. or get the fuck out. You know, that that's just yeah. what it comes down to. So you know, that's always been a driving factor, and and I and I like that. I, I mm-hmm. suffer a little bit, but then I always tell people like suffering. You know, so. Yeah, which is silly. It's silly, but yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, that's uh, that's why you get so much crazy things out of L.A. because it's the rat race, for sure. Yeah, um, it truly is. Yeah, and that's why I think you know the but, work but, season but thing. You, yeah, but but the thing is too, it's it's you know you can write this down and 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 compare it, and it's like okay. It's, it's a type of rat race, okay? Mm-hmm. But number one, you have these opportunities that if they do come through, uh, they're going to be bigger than anywhere else. Yeah, totally. You know, that's number one. Uh, number two, we got to understand that the chances of that are very slim and there's a chance that it never happens. Okay, that's acceptable. But then when you start getting into climate, you know, and you look at, well, you pay this much to live in a state that you have, except for this year for whatever reason, mm-hmm. But you have like riding weather. Like I can ride a motorcycle usually mm-hmm. 11 months out of the year where you compare that to other states where there's heavy snow or heavy weather conditions or mm-hmm. tornadoes or all that stuff. You know, three, four months out of the year, your, your motorcycle or your, your, your fun outside activities is going to be limited and, mm-hmm. and it's going to be non-existent. And then it's like, well, if you're living this non-existent, fun adventure life, then how much freedom is that compared to suffering with your bills out here? But every yeah. day you can go to the beach and put your feet in the sand. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's fun. It's it's back to the it's back to is the cup half full or half empty. And I guess the real answer is how long can you hold the cup for, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the key thing that is not mentioned in the to get the things that I want, I need to make more money. Um, but to then use the things that you want and to do them, you need to have more time and you can't make more time. So right. it's an important thing to remember, you know, while your head's down, all right, I got to make more money. So I'm going to work 60 hours this week and then I'm going to get this van and go on this thing or whatever, you know, go on this trip. But who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? So you might never have the time to actually do it. So it's just, you know, finding that really delicate balance 
of making you know success and resource of yourself by using using your work if it's not exactly like you know if your work isn't exactly what you love to do um and then you know but not pushing it too far down the road because it's not once you get there you'll be happy it's the journey that counts so making sure the journey yeah. is as good as it can be and not sacrificing too much in the day-to-day for some future thing that you know you're not sure will manifest itself in the way that you have in your mind and 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 then you know i i make a lot of these these points on the podcast with other guests and and you're right the one thing that has to be clarified is when i'm saying these things i'm saying it because of my current situation and in my position Mm-hmm. Well, what works hard or work more for me is to do more podcasts, look mm-hmm. for more sponsorship. It's stuff that I like. Yeah, exactly. It's stuff that I like that's a little daunting. But mm-hmm. you're right. This does. This isn't a a copy paste tool for everybody because yep. people are, are are really stuck in a a nine to five job, five days to week, five days a week. You know, an hour to get to work, an hour to get back to work. And I heard this example that the best day of their, the best moment of their day is when they have to take a shit at work and get to look at their social media posts and catch up and see what their friends are doing. Mm. And that's, that's fucked up. It's fucked that's up. That's really fucked up. And yes, if you're going to continue getting in debt to have like a little bit better of a weekend instead of trying to get out of the rat race, mm-hmm. you're right. So I, I do have to be careful with that because you're right. Like I, I in my situation, mm-hmm. it'd be like, oh, I just got to make more money. You know, I just yeah. got to, I got to, I got to make. 10 more phone calls. Yeah. I got to go to two more meetings a week. Like, you know, it's not, I'm still going to have my fun. And and I've been blessed. Like you have been Mm -hmm. blessed Mm -hmm. that we've learned this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For me, it's definitely, yeah. There's like, I take on more projects, but they're usually just like also mind blowingly amazing and and fulfilling. (laughs) So at this point, yeah, it's totally a very privileged thing to, to have, but um, yeah. So it's a lucky spot to be in. So. Colton, it's a true pleasure. I do want to ask one more thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, how old are you? Uh, 31. 31. So, yeah. man, I like amazing to be that age and to be thinking and accomplish what you accomplish is amazing. Congratulations to you, to your father, uh, to your book and to your success and just just your mindset. You're, you're doing big things. Whenever you're in California, please let me know, especially if you're in L.A., uh, we'll, we'll do another run and, and have some fun and we'll talk more about motorcycles. And, Heck yeah. And yeah. Thanks so much for having me, Robert. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Colton. Cool. Till next time. Brother.